0: This is Pablo Escobar, Escape from la Catedral. The tapes you're about to hear have been translated and dramatized by voice actors.
1: llama el Ministro de Defensa.
0: The head of the search block and the minister of defense called me and said, we killed a person in Medellin, and we are sure it is Pablo Escobar. But until we identify him through forensics, that is, until there is full proof, it's better not to say anything. I agreed. My daughter, who was seven or eight years old at the time, is the only witness to my reaction to the news that Escobar was dead. I couldn't say that I was happy that we killed Escobar. That was not a good image. Of course, I was happy, but I could not convey that to the Colombian people. I had to communicate this calmly. This chapter in Colombia is over. Pablo Escobar is dead. The
1: Medellin cartel is no more, period. My name is Jorge Ramos. I am the nightly news anchor for Univision News. I have covered the drug trade all over Latin America for over 30 years. When I was approached to do this podcast, I had to say yes, because it involved listening to a mysterious set of 35 tapes that were sent to a production company in Mexico called Detective. The package simply read, Escobar Tapes. After years of chasing the most feared drug camping in the world, President Cesar Gaviria finally felt relief.
0: I I did feel relieved. It was a gigantic weight of my chest. We finally resolved the situation.
1: We finally ended this problem. To those close to Escobar, the news was tragic. Here's Escobar's sister, Luz Maria. She tells us how she lived through that day, December 2nd,
2: 1993. I visited my mother at a friend's house where she was staying. We had lunch. I told my mother that Pablo's birthday was the day before, and it was the first year that we didn't send him a card or a letter. And she told me, Oh, I did manage to send him a card. Pablo even sent a book to give to Roberto.
1: Roberto is Escobar's brother. Until the very end, Escobar kept in close touch with his family. But because he was under strict surveillance, he had to get creative.
2: It was a copy of the Guinness Book of World Records. I went through the book and something got stood out to me. A separate page was attached inside, and I pulled it out. There were weird letters written on it and didn't make any sense. They almost looked like words. And then it hit me. It was a secret code, a coded message that Pablo had written for Roberto. I never figured out what it said. Then my mother's housekeeper came in and tried to catch my attention. I walked into the kitchen and tried to act normal, but my mom put her finger on her mouth to keep me quiet. She brought me close to the radio, just as they were saying that Pablo had been killed.
0: Drug king who was for years one of the world's most wanted men was gunned down today by Colombian police in the Colombian city of Medellin. His drug cartel was named for the city he controlled for so long, he was only 44 old enough for cocaine to have made him one of the richest men in the world, rich and ruthless enough to have hundreds of people who got in his way killed, from people who ran drugs to people who ran the country.
3: The death of the drug trafficker Pablo Escobar, killed by the Colombian forces of order on Thursday in Medellin, is a major achievement in the fight against drug trafficking. What happened with Escobar proves that the crime does not pay, and that sooner or later the person who does it pays.
2: I sat next to my mother quietly. She stood up and said, Don't tell me lies. Tell me what you need to tell me. I said, What do you mean? Then I hugged her. I started crying like a little girl. I didn't have to say much. She knew. She realized what had happened. But nevertheless, she held out hope that it wasn't true. We heard so many times before that Pablo had been killed that they cornered him and that they got him. So she didn't lose hope. Neither did I. On the radio, they were talking about the operation and then someone knocked on the door. It was my sister. She told us it was true. Pablo
1: is dead the DEA agent Joe Tuft took the news with a grain of salt
4: well it was worth it of course it was worth it but uh, it was a um, you know a sweet and bitter feeling at the same time it was um, I mean I was static that was the reason I went to Colombia you know to get Pablo Escobar and um, And it took so long, you know, I didn't think I was going to be there for, you know, almost seven years. But as I was celebrating, you know, there were politicians coming in, there were the press coming in, ambassadors from other embassies were coming in, policemen from, you know, German police that were working in in Colombia came in. There was a British cop, too, I think, a British uh, U.S. customs guy that came in. But I'm standing there and, you know, I'm drinking champagne and um, giving... Hugs, you know, abrazos because we're congratulating each other, you know, and everybody's excited. But then I had this gut feeling, you know, that, you know, this is great. But look at Cali. Look at the corruption because I knew that the connection the Cali had infiltrated the the Colombian National Police. And they were, like I said, they were working with the police, you know, in an effort to find Escobar. So I had this, you know, I wish... I wish we would have done this without the Cali cartel. I wish, you know, it hadn't happened that way. In recent
1: years, there's been a growing realization that the war on drugs has not stopped or even slowed the drug trade.
4: Well, one of the things that when I started as an agent, I was pretty naive and I was pretty, um, I I had a a different uh, feeling as to what my contributions would be. In my career, you know, I was, I was going to be part of, of uh, a movement that was going to do away with drugs. But as you're working, as the years go by and you work and you learn more about the trafficking organizations and, and how it works, you, you become more realistic. Joe
1: Tuff still believes that the criminals must be held accountable, but realizes that it's an ongoing battle that probably cannot be won.
4: The Kingping strategy to me is a must. You cannot allow a person to attain so much power and so much money illegally, causing so much damage. I used to call the, uh, the traffickers the merchants of misery because that's what they do. They sell misery. They're the merchants of misery. So you have to bring them down Yes, somebody else will come behind them and somebody else will take their place, you know, and then you have to target them. But you got to bring these people to justice. You cannot allow them to exist. Pablo Escobar's
1: death turned him into a sort of myth. And today, that myth has turned into a commodity that can be bought and sold. The city of Medellin, for example, offers Pablo escobar theme, Tours for Tourists. One of the tours is run by a man called Carieton, who used to be a lieutenant in the Medellin cartel during Escobar's heyday.
3: It's incredible yo how many Pablo Escobar tours there are. I have been managing my tour for 11 years, as I told you. I do not have cars or house museums or anything like that. What I have to offer is history and what I experienced. It frustrates me when I see someone next to me doing a tour and I overhear inaccurate things. I I just let them work. That's their job. But I'm going to be honest. I tell the story of Pablo with respect for the whole family and with respect for all the people who dealt with the deaths that occurred at that time of Pablo Escobar. I do it with all due respect
1: to those who died, to those who were affected in any way. It's essentially a guided tour of Medellin, except the tour guide is a former drug trafficker. We go to where the Monaco building used to be,
3: which is now the Inflection Park. That is a park that they made in homage to the victims of the drug trafficking era. Then, from there, We go to the prison, to La Catedral Jail, that was
1: made by Pablo Emilio Escobar Gaviria. Carieton is one of the few members of the cartel who actually survived. And as for La Catedral, as strange as it sounds, it is now a Benedictine monastery. The monastic fraternity of Santa Gertrudis La Magna has erected a white immaculate angel of silence on the spot where Pablo Escobar's bed used to be in another room there is a statue of christ with 33 toy machine guns at its base symbolizing the spirit's need for disarmament pablo escobar's prison was nicknamed la catedral which means the cathedral few would have predicted that it would one day become a place of worship Pablo Escobar's demise was inevitable. Few criminals end up getting away with crimes as heinous as his. And that is what has always baffled
4: Joe Tuft. And the thing I don't understand is these people know they're going to go down. I mean, you know, uh, El Chapo, you know, he knew he was going to go down. Escobar knew he was going to go down. The Oruelas knew. The uh, Ochoa brothers... You know, I mean, it's sooner or later they're going to go down. And they know they're going to go down because law enforcement will not let up. So they enjoy this short period of fame. They don't even have a chance to enjoy their money because they live such a, a life on the run all the time that they cannot really, truly enjoy their the power that the money gives them. It's a horrible life. I don't understand it. I mean, I I, I don't understand the mentality of of a trafficker. Um, I think they're crazy.
1: Few of us could even understand the mentality of a trafficker. But even Joe Tuff admits that after killing or arresting them, someone else will take their place. Escobar was arguably the most powerful drug trafficker in history. It is unlikely that we will ever see a criminal with his level of infamy. Again. Pablo Escobar.
0: Escape from la Catedral. Isa detective production with Exile Content Studio and Dixo. Directed by Dani Sadia and Álvaro Céspedes. Written by Diego Rabasa and Pedro G. Garcia. Narrated by Jorge Ramos. Pablo Escobar's voice by Manolo Cardona. Editing by Dani Sadia, Gilbert Quiñones. Sebastián Serrano Garza and Vanessa Marín Martínez. Sound Design and Music by Fernando de la Rosa and Carlos Reynoso. Production by Julio González, Miguel Velasco and Cristina Velasco. Reporting by Patricia Godoy and Meño Larios. Research in Colombia by Diego Olivares and Héctor Sarasti. Production Supervision by Nando Vila. Associate Producer Alonso Aguilar and Alejandro Durán. Diego Enrique Osorno is the showrunner and executive producer along with Santiago Diaz, Isaac Lee, and Daniel Ehlenberg. This series was also made possible thanks to the work done by the Spotify team. Director of Studios LATAM and Latinx, Javier Piñol, Lead of Content Development, Nacho Gil, Lead of Production Operations, Camila Justo, Lead of Programming, Promotions, and Editorial, Thais Tabara, Supervision, Sofía García Ramos, Business Affairs, María Valero, Cristina Scarano y Samantha Moore, Production, Lee Hernández and Sarah Barrett, Marketing, Marta Rodríguez y Martín Jaramillo, Design Manager, Ángela Cebedo, Communication and Press, Eugenia Rojas y José Esberry, Audio Consultant, Tommy Pérez, Promotion of Originales and Exclusive Shows, Gaby Sorondo, Editorial, Patricia Cordero, Legal Affairs, Janet Vasquez and Whitney Potter Business Operations, Annie Chocron. For the dubbing of the interviews, actors present their voices to interpret. Elsa Gilas María Elvira Samper, Paulina García Fontes Aslos María Escobar, Eduardo Albornozas Miguel Silva, Pedro Aguirre As Luis Alirio Calle, Ricardo Moreno As Hugo Aguilar, Eduardo Albornozas César de la Cruz, Elsa Gilas María Isabel Rueda,